Uh, and you know, it's you know, you know, great to have you here because you know, I I, I admire your work. I mean, because you, you're only twenty. I mean, you're only twenty five and you own a business and you came here as an immigrant. You know, and you know, which I which I admire because like even as an American, it gets hard to create a business. You know, and you really started you know, from scratch. Yeah, I did. <laughs> cool. So uh, how did you get started in, uh, in uh, you know, doing circus acts? I mean, that's I, usually not, um, you know, when I was a kid, I wanted to be an astronaut or a movie star. I never, you know what I mean? It's not one of the, it's one of those rare kind of things. Oh, I wanted to be a business owner since I was like eight. I, I was always like dreaming about having my own school and teaching people and uh, creating shows. And that was like my big passion since I was eight. I started with dance. And then uh, when I was in university, they, um, they saw me doing like robot dance and they invited me to the circus show in Switzerland. So I went to perform and uh, the girls was doing aerial there. And when I came to US and the COVID started, I knew that I need to do something. I cannot just sit at home and be afraid. So I just rented like space and I started self-teaching myself aerial uh, hammock first. And that's how it started. It's interesting. I mean, how does it feel like that, you know, since you wanted to do it since you were eight to actually say that that moment when you actually opened the business? I, I mean, had the, I had business. Like? Yeah, so I had business in Ukraine. I had a, a same dance studio just without aerial arts. I had only a robot dance uh, style there. And it's been pretty successful. I had uh, like 50 students that were stably at my studio. And it was like three times a week. So we were meeting with them and dancing. That was pretty fun. Uh, yeah, so I, I had the studio. I opened the studio when I moved to Kiev from my town and from the small town close to like Russian border. So when I moved to Kiev in 2014, I opened my dance studio because I knew I have to do something else except study in the university. Can you remember, uh, you know, was it scary opening your dance studio? I can imagine because, you know, when I opened a business, it took, a you know, I dedicated it to life, but it, it's scary because you, you do you have like a lot of pressure you know, you know, opening day one? Uh, I wouldn't say it was pressure. It was fun, mostly. It was fun to see that uh, I was like 17 years old uh, kid that started business and I was uh, going to public schools and advertising my classes. And, um, and it was fun to see how people react to me because I was just like this little kid, you know? So, but yeah, oh. it was a fun experience. Uh, I mean, it must have been great because, like, wow, seventeen, you know, and then people seeing that, you know, you've done things that people who are maybe much older than you haven't been able to do that I've always wanted to do, you know. Yeah, I like believe that. Uh, I believe that business owner is a mindset, and you cannot grow it. You either have it or you don't have it. I believe it in so much. <laughs> That is true. That is true. I mean, one of the most uh, frustrating things I know I encounter is when I meet people that 
they want to do something serious. They say they want to do a business, but then they're lazy or casual about the things that are needed to create a business. You know, what I, and and that can get very frustrating. And I'm like, these people, you, you we're we're never going to create a business together because you don't think like a business person, you know, mm -hmm. or at least an entrepreneur because. It, 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 like you said, it requires a mindset, but it also requires a lot of discipline. Yeah, it is. It is. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, self-discipline is very important. And just to have a goal, like it's important to have a goal for your business. If you don't have a goal, you just will be swimming in the sea without any guidance and... Uh, it's uh, complicated. It's much more complicated than to have a goal where your business is going and what's your plans for the next year or half year. Do you think that there were any things that you talk about with goals and uh, business? There, there are things that you couldn't have been taught before you started. Like, for example, you know, like you make mistakes. Like, you can read a book about how to create a business or how to do business better, but are there maybe certain things that's like you could only learn through? through your experience? Um, I believe that the most important in business is intuition. And uh, you just have to feel if certain decisions are correct for your business or certain people are correct for your business. And I have a very nice skill of um, reading people and feeling people like personalities and I can tell who's responsible, who is not like from the first meeting. Um, yeah. and, uh, I believe that that's very important skill and you cannot learn, um, you cannot learn that you either have it or you don't have it. I totally agree. I mean, or you I mean, have like, to have someone on your team who has it. <laughs> yes. That, that, that is because it becomes very hard to, to work with people who are, who are not committed or have the experience and you want to give, I don't know, for me. I like to give people the benefit of the doubt, but then I realize there's no real benefit. I'm really doubting myself. You know, I'm doubting my own intuition when I want to give people a second chance. Like I don't give other... people second chances. What? I don't give people second chances. I don't believe in second chances. I believe if the person fucked up once, uh, he's just going to keep fucking up. So you have to stick to those who, who is not fucking up. Well, then, yeah, because it's like that saying, you know, Screw me once, shame on you. Screw me twice, shame on me. Uh, you know, and that is something I, I've encountered. But there's also that kind of that thing where you, uh, where, I mean, I believe, I only believe in second chances, though, is if they're earned. Where if someone really pulls a 180, where they're like, they come to you without you asking, they admit their mistakes, and they go out of their way to really show they fucked up then then yeah i'll give them a second chance but i've never really encountered anyone that's deserved the second chance um it's uh like people can fucked up um uh, in two ways like the first way they can fucked up uh purposely so they can purposely choose uh to miss the meeting or they can purposely choose not to do work what you ask them to do on time or they can purposely you know choose like to talk to a competitor and tell like your 
you know, ideas of your company to the competitive company. That's like on purpose. And that's when my chances are stopping with the, those people. And I am not working with those people anymore. But it's also another way that how people can fuck up. They can fuck up because of lack of knowledge. So when they lack in knowledge and you tell them, okay, you fucked up here, but how about we're going to learn from it? How about you're going to like read this book, uh, learn uh, on this course, like, you know, uh, work on your like management skills or like even like, you know, advertisement skills. Um, so it's, yeah, I, I believe in second chances when people want to learn and they want to develop. When there's that and, will, you're saying yeah. when there's the will to want it. Yeah, uh, yeah, but like when they didn't do it on purpose, like when the person chosen to do something on purpose, that's like it's not gonna work. The person gonna like if the person is responsible or person is um, you know uh, trying to sit with one butt on two chairs, you know, like tell the secrets of your let's say show or business model to another like uh, dance studios or whatever, you know. So it's. Um, yeah, it's complicated. And I usually, I usually can, I usually can read this when people do these things. Oh yeah, I mean, there are times when you can read it where it's not, it's not a pure guess. It's because you know, there's a saying where they they release information unintentionally, where it's like you would only say this if you spoke behind my back, right? Like for example, someone recently told me that I. I removed, I, I removed them from a gig because I didn't think they were a right fit. And they told me, well, what's the next gig you can get me? Well, when I hear something like that, I'm like, I only know an entitled person would, would mention that. You know what I mean? Or I would only know, you know, like there, you can sometimes learn characteristics that are indirect. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I mean, performers, this is different. Um, uh... Performers are very easy to work uh, with because performers they just um, they just work in class of your business. Like, what do you need from performers? You need a good act, and you need to to show like you need them to show on time. That's it. That's all what you need. It's like it doesn't matter what what else they do. So it's not hard to get performers. Like performers is actually the easiest job in all in the show i think the hardest job is to get audience and to get the uh, correct marketing person and to make sure that uh, make sure that yeah. the show is interested to uh, audience in new york uh yeah absolutely i mean when, when you pick performers what do you look what do you look for besides you know, I look uh, for I look for your loyalty. So I usually don't work for with anyone who is not in my school or not my student or teacher. I usually work with people from my own circle. I tried to work with some people that were outside of my school, and it was a couple hosts from Slipper Room, and that's only because I love them as people. I I spoke to them. I saw clarity in their eyes. I saw. Uh, like pureness of their soul and I don't know I just feel that they will be good and responsible and it was two wonderful hosts uh, uh, Muffin Styles and uh, another one um, I forgot his name he's like this very nice guy who's singing mm -hmm. and he, I think he's traveling right now um, so yeah I usually that's how I usually choose people absolutely I mean because 
when you have a good relationship with people, then you know things are going to be to be good. And also, but you know, like because uh, you know the, the the whole performance and the whole show is only as good as the people who make it. But and it's also important, like when you're working, to feel like you're working with a team rather than employees. You know, and that's kind of like how I encounter it. Like when I want to have a show, I'm thinking that. I don't want to do like things that are ad hoc. Oh, I just need you here. I need you there. You know, you want long term because when you do long term, you could really also advance with the performers and improve yeah. the, the whole show if you know their style. And and that's yeah. something that sometimes will only take with time. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, now, if there's any mistake that like, was there anything coming into the world of performing that you that you wish you knew before you entered it? Yeah, I made a mistake with renting a theater in New York City that was very, very bad. And uh, I should cancel on them after first rehearsal because they fucked up everything on the first rehearsal. And as I said, I usually don't give second chances. But here I was like, okay, I can give second chance. That was a mistake because the venue was horrible and the organizers was bad. And uh, like the DJs, like everyone, literally everyone who was working for them was bad because we did exactly the same show at our circus school and everything worked perfectly fine. We had no problems. Um, and then we switched to, <clears throat> it, it's called, so we switched to theater for like a couple weekends and we were supposed to have six weekends, but we, we changed to, three weekends only because of their um, just not professionalism. Like they, they made me to sign a paper that says that if their lift gonna fall and I'm gonna break like or die, like no one gonna sue them. And like, it's, it's a lot of very complicated uh, uh, things happened with them that I, I, I just should, should stop and change to the slipper room. And I spoke to the slipper room about changing but we wanted to keep Tribe Theater because of uh, location that close to Central Park, you know, and high level people living there with uh, kids, you know, so we wanted to keep like it was Upper West Side, I believe. Well, yeah, it, it's it's definitely hard to, uh, to when you make a big decision, like saying that you're gonna work with a place and then the backtrack it, because it's kind of like you're sacrificing your commitment but at the same time, if you don't do it in time, it's kind of like you're only going to set yourself for more failure because it, the trajectory is just going to go downward. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's kind of why I had I had similar things with the, with the uh, with other performers, uh, other venues I've worked with where it was like it was like before I did the slipper room, which I love doing is uh it's like the other places I felt like, am I breathing too loud? Like, I can't ask questions about turning on the light. Like, you're always interrupting them. And that really, and 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 it makes it very uneasy to do, to do things. And then it's like a slippery slope. It's only going to get worse. It's not going to get better. You know, you want things to get better, but it, it just doesn't. Um, so... Oh. Yeah, yeah, sorry. My grandma been asking questions. Okay. 
Okay. Well, so what's what's it like working with uh you know ring jedi you know creating this business with your with your boyfriend significant other i'm sorry if that's a little too personal you know what i mean but it's just interesting you know when you have a real close relationship with someone and you're running a business you know sometimes like you there's like that balance between you know being business-minded or work-minded and then you're in a relationship um yeah i'm 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 like always business minded like 24 7 i don't change from business minded to like a woman kind of i mean i'm always trying my my job as an aerialist is like being you know like feminine and attractive so i guess we're balancing this way and we're also training with them with with him we're stretching together with him and uh, he's a great uh, partner and he's a great manager so i'm I'm the like creator and uh, director in relationship and business, and he's more like manager. So he's wonderful in organizing things with uh, spreadsheets, with database, with contracts. The, or, yeah, the organization, the boring stuff, yeah. and and yeah. you're more I mean, like I wouldn't, say, I wouldn't say it's boring. I, I would say it's very important. And he thinks what he is doing, what he's doing, he's doing like contracts with uh, you know events and theaters and he does the paper job paperwork with uh, our clients that uh, requires kids to stay with us for a year so he does a lot of um, very important paperwork and he has i don't know from where but he has this language that he can put the contract together and just make this look very professionally like a lawyer kind of so um mm. yeah he's also a very talented performer very responsible so he's always like on time even though we most of the time we are together but even if he like somewhere else i know that he will be on time for the class he will be on time for the show and i know that we can just decide to drive to boston for seven hours with him together if we got cold like yesterday so he is very up to adventures and um yeah he's just having fun doing what what he does and and as well as myself so that's why we we are great great team together i definitely i definitely sense that i think i think others sense it too i mean so you're kind of like i would say like a human resources kind of person right or more of a team leader uh yeah i'm more like creative like creative director i'm, I'm creating a project or an idea for the next uh, like how's neon circus gonna be developed how's black and yellow gonna be developed so which way we're moving and i'm discussing this with him so he has a lot of ideas as well about like group schedule and how to juggle between like very big amount of kids that we have maybe with extra classes extra activities um camps uh, and as well for private events like up sales or like a shows that we bring together so yeah interesting now let's say if money was no issue with the business let's say if someone gave you a billion dollars and said you can do whatever you want with the business what would you do with that uh was one billion yes but it had to be used just for your business yeah first of all i would use this for my business like 100 percent and uh, I would 
I think I would open the show either in New York or Las Vegas. I just will do very good, high quality show. Like uh, it depends. Um, it depends if the money will be given with how fast guaranteed back or with no even asking back. So if that will be like just like a gift, yeah, I would do like a crazy show like Cirque du Soleil level, either in New York or um, Las Vegas. Or I will invest into the show and sell it to the cruise ship. Or I will do my own cruise ship, like a show and the cruise ship. Uh, like I will rent a boat, you know, hire a team, build a show there. So, yeah. So something, something like this, definitely. That that's pretty, uh, pretty, and it's it's interesting. You could tell you're an entrepreneurial mindset when you mentioned that you would invest a hundred percent in the business, you know, because a lot of people, if you ask a non-entrepreneur who says they want to be an entrepreneur, they would say they buy a house, they'd buy a car. But I would, uh, I would definitely invest uh, some part to real estate. Definitely some part to real estate, because that's uh, what can be a great um, pillow safety pillow for the um, show as well because real estate uh, especially in new york area never went down it's always going up and up and up so i yeah. would invest definitely in maybe like two house you know and i just would have that thing on the side being like a safety pillow for rent of the show or you know like some expense or like paying um employees so i would i would make sure that we have some safety pillow for for the business but yeah real estate is a good, um, good yeah thing. real estate's always the most frustrating uh just because i would say it's the most frustrating because that's where most money uh like it, it's like the boring things what i mean by boring is like people when they see a show they they see the expense by the number of performers or the special effects but they don't see the the expense of rent and rent is like like you mentioned it's only going up but it, it it just it's one of those expenses that you have to pay but it doesn't necessarily enhance the value of the show but it also you know it impacts you know the economics of the show because you got to think about well how much am i charging for tickets just to pay rent you know so yeah that's interesting so uh, do you have any last words? No, no that's uh, yeah, that's it. It's a lot of like it's a lot of topic to talk about, and uh, yeah, with uh, with the show, like I cannot say that I'm a pro with my own show because I don't have like current um, my own show that keep running and being successful. I have entertainment company and I have uh, dance and circus studio, so. I guess like for people who are interested in developing certain uh, business, they have to invest uh, time and money into financial education and financial plan that they're gonna put uh, by themselves together uh, without using like any financial advisors or like any other people. But definitely asking other people who have their own shows or and asking other people about uh, numbers is very helpful when you talk to other people like how much they charge how much the tickets how much is the rent uh like it's um it's very yeah 
James being very open-minded about that, and then we, we spoke with him and his wife like a lot of times about numbers and about uh, how many years Slipper Room has a lease and um, what's the rent, what's the taxes, how how often fire department can visit, you know, and like all the stressful things. And you definitely have to uh, ask yourself if you're ready to deal with the business that you plan to open, because I... I was thinking to open something like Slipper Room. I was, I wanted to open something like that. But then I asked myself, uh, who will be my clients? And I understand that that will be like young people that want to party and they want to drink and they want to have fun and live a nightlife, you know, and smoke weed and all this shit. And I'm, I'm like, I'm against uh, drugs and I'm against uh, alcohol and I'm against uh, not sleeping at night uh, if that's not job. Um, so I understand that this is won't be my client and as well as with entertainment company. I love people they work for. I love uh, rich people that have wedding or bar mitzvah. I love um, amusement park where we're working and the kids there, you know. So I like our client uh, base and I like people that I'm dealing with every day. Um, so yeah, you definitely should ask yourself if that's the business that you have the guts to stick to for you know many years yeah and working with rich people and is one of those unfortunate things where it's always easier because you they're ones who are less willing to negotiate and you don't have to deal with as many people versus when you have t tickets you have to answer you have to talk to a person who's complaining about a 20 dollars ticket you know what i mean versus a rich yeah. person yeah you're actually talking about real money yeah, I so, mean, rich people been also like bargain a lot with us, but it's just uh, it's just a matter of you know uh, communication and you know discussing. Like it's it's okay. I had some Indian people that been bargaining with us about hundred dollars, and I understand that's that's okay. Like their that's their budget, and they have like their money that they worked hard for. And I believe uh, it's fifty fifty. I believe that. Uh, you know, middle class and people who buy one-time ticket, they're going to give you as much trouble as rich people about, you know, private events because they, like, they've been working hard for those money. They've been, like, developing and learning, you know, and uh, I, I'm bargaining every time. Like, when I'm booking something, I always see if that's the best deal that I can get with the cheapest payment down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, nothing wrong with trying to get a deal, but... I think it's also important to show value because uh, sometimes I, when someone gives me a really low ball offer or they're asking me to volunteer for something I should get paid to do. I, I never no volunteer. I never volunteer. I never, I turn off. I believe that every job has to be paid off. Like every job, even a little bit, but every job has to be paid off. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, like, for Four, example, five, I've, Sorry. Uh, it, it's also possible to have um it doesn't have to be money you know when i'm saying paid off it doesn't have to be money i have a very wonderful photographer friend of mine and we met with him about um two years ago and he does um tfp uh photo shoots which is time for prints you know so mm -hmm. he does photo shoots that will be so good for him for his portfolio and, and he will do them for free uh, for us as an entertainment company and we can use them for our portfolio and our uh, website 
So it's good to find those time for print photographers that don't don't ask for, you know, payment, even though they have uh, some, um, I don't know how to say. They're that. offering value. They're offering value. value. You yeah. know, they're they're not asking you just to to help out. They're offering you value. There's yeah. an exchange. There is a barter, yeah. and then versus those who are just expecting you to to dedicate your time, then I'm like, goodbye. You know, like I don't have time. You know, like there has to be an exchange of value, because not only when you ask for someone just to do something without offering any value, even if it's not in the form of money, it shows that you don't value what the person's offering. Yeah, that's true. And people gonna, um, yeah, people gonna ask for a lot of things. But I believe uh, it's also depends the type of people that you're dealing with. Like uh, rich people, they usually don't ask for anything for free. <laughs> they understand the value of energy and time, especially time. Yeah. Especially since a lot of rich people, they've made money through business and they know that their money took hard the same kind of hard work that you're going through so uh yeah or the cool so i'd like to really thank you uh by the way lisa for your time or liza sorry if i pronounced your name wrong thank you thank you it's, it's lisa but that's yeah that's okay um all right thank you thank you very much and i hope we'll see you in august and everything will be okay with the air by then it's been better it's now it's been better Okay, awesome. Yeah, and stay safe. Thank you. Thank you, you too. Okay. Right. Have a great day. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Bye.